Good day, and thank you for standing by. Welcome to the TripAdvisor Second Quarter 2022 Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 11 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Angela White, Vice President of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Michelle. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to TripAdvisor's second quarter 2022 financial results call. Joining me today are Matt Goldberg, President and CEO, and Ernst Tennyson, CFO and Chief Executive, Viator, The Fork, and Cruise Critic. Last night after market close, we distributed and filed our earnings release and made available our shareholder letter on our IR website. In the release, you'll find reconciliations of non-GAAP financial measures to the most comparable GAAP measure discussed on this call. Also on our IR website, you'll find supplemental financial information, which also includes reconciliations of certain non-GAAP financial measures discussed on this call, as well as other metrics. Before we begin, I'd like to remind you that this call may contain certain estimates and other forward-looking statements that represent management's views as of today, August 5th, 2022. TripAdvisor disclaims any obligation to update these statements to reflect future events or circumstances. Please refer to our earnings release, as well as our filings with the SEC for information concerning factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from these forward-looking statements. With that, I'll turn the call over to Matt. Thank you, Angela. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to be here. I've been looking forward to my first earnings call with TripAdvisor. It's an exciting time to join this iconic company, given the travel environment over the last few years, the trajectory of recovery in the sector, the return of the leisure traveler, and the potential to serve consumers in new and unique ways as they look to satisfy their growing demand to get out and experience the world. As you read in the shareholder letter, we have a strong quarter. Our Viator experiences-focused offer stood out in its pace and level of recovery at 160% of 2019 levels. The fork achieved 103% relative to 2019, and the recovery in our core TripAdvisor hotels offering improved at 89% in the quarter, up from 63% last quarter. Since this is my first call as CEO, I wanted to take a step back from the quarterly results and share some high-level perspectives and reflections for my first 30 days, including why I wanted to return to the travel sector and the opportunities I saw at TripAdvisor. I am personally passionate about travel and the meaning it brings to us all by opening us up to different cultures and perspectives and the higher purpose that it serves by reminding us how much we all have in common at our core. The travel industry has always captured my professional attention as a category ripe for innovation and growth. The size of the market is massive, and the sector continues to go through constant change, marked by an evolution in the democratization of travel information and distribution. This creates a compelling opportunity to reimagine the consumer experience by solving problems in what is often a fragmented and frustrating ecosystem. When TripAdvisor launched back in 2000, it introduced a unique and disruptive offering to the market that pioneered a new way to enable travelers to decide where they want to go and discover trusted resources to make it happen. The TripAdvisor I joined today is fortunate to have a strong and stable foundation and an enduring set of assets, our trusted brand, a large global audience, a scalable content model, a rich set of data, and passionate teams committed to our future. It sits squarely in the category of experiences over material consumption, a secular trend that we can expect to continue. My mission, simply stated, is to make sure we continue to evolve the company so that we can serve travelers, diners, and experience seekers for decades to come. While I recognize that we operate in a competitive space with external pressures, there are a number of advantages that attracted me to the opportunity. First, TripAdvisor is a company that I have long admired, both as a traveler and a travel industry executive. I saw the opportunity to follow a visionary founder and identify new ways we can be disruptive by reimagining the future of travel at a time when consumers are looking for trusted guidance. I also looked at the company's portfolio, 
We have a collection of diverse assets in Viator and the Fork, as well as Core TripAdvisor, that allow us to participate across travel experiences and business models. As the pace of change increases, this can play a meaningful role in how we serve consumers in unique and seamless ways. Given my background in digital media, something that jumped out to me as truly differentiated and valuable at TripAdvisor is the community of like-minded people actively contributing content to help their fellow travelers make the most of every experience. This has created the world's largest travel guidance platform built on a relationship of trust with over a billion reviews and hundreds of millions of visitors every month. With this scale, I was also energized by the potential of our data assets to create a better experience for consumers and enable all areas of the company. Having spent a number of years leading advertising, content, and commerce businesses enabled by data, I'm confident that our data can help us drive deeper consumer insight and higher levels of engagement, create further operational agility, as well as identify meaningful commercial opportunities. Perhaps most importantly, one final attribute that attracted me to TripAdvisor was the culture and people. TripAdvisor has a culture that attracts talent with a passion for purpose and a highly skilled, knowledgeable, and capable team. Over the past month, I've enjoyed spending time with teams across the organization and just wanted to say thanks for welcoming me with such enthusiasm. At this early point in my tenure, I can say that my excitement for the opportunity in front of us has only grown stronger, and I'm looking forward to rolling up my sleeves, engaging with our talent, and charting our course for the future. One area of clear focus is driving stronger and more effective execution. In the coming months, we will align our strategy, operating model, and teams to deliver against our goals in a structured and rigorous manner. I expect to empower our leaders and their teams to ideate, execute, and enable every employee to do their best work. I believe that building a foundation of trust with all our employees and stakeholders is critical as we set the framework for our future together. I'm also looking forward to connecting and collaborating with our customers, partners, industry peers, and shareholders to understand their perspectives and help us better serve consumers. As we pursue our next phase of growth, we are well positioned to build on our foundation as we strengthen the essential role we play in the travel ecosystem. I will aim to be clear about our plans, communicate transparently as we go, and identify milestones along the way. In the meantime, I look forward to meeting many of you soon and sharing more in the coming months. With that, I'll turn the call over to Ernst. Thanks, Matt, and welcome to your first earnings call with us. To echo Matt, we had an impressive quarter, and we are pleased with the continued demand recovery as well as the strong execution by our team. I think the results speak for themselves. In addition to what Matt highlighted, we reached 99% of our 2019 revenue in Q2, a strong step up from the 70% in Q1, and our adjusted EBITDA was $109 million, or 26% of revenue, both revenue and EBITDA exceeding our expectation. Free cash flow in the quarter was $282 million, and we had a little over a billion dollars of cash on our balance sheet at the end of the quarter. Despite the news flow on macro factors such as inflation, recession fears, and consumer sentiment, travel has been and continues to be strong. While U.S. travel strength continued, this quarter also saw Europe coming back very strongly. We saw a progressive improvement of revenue as a percentage of 2019 each month of Q2. And at this time, we expect to be able to report further improvement in Q3. This ex expectation includes a currency headwind versus 2019 that we expect in the back half of roughly 4% uh, impact on 2019 recovery. Uh, and within that, uh, about 10% impact versus 2019 recovery uh, for the fork, uh, whose revenue, is, as you all know, is predominantly in, in euro. We covered a lot of specifics about drivers of performance in our shareholder letter, uh, which we posted last night. So rather than go through all the specifics, I wanted to highlight a few salient points here. Our new TripAdvisor core segment uh, has continued on its path to 2019 recovery, reaching 84% of 2019 revenue in Q2, and on track to do better again in Q3. This is with about a 3% drag from revenue lines that were discontinued or no longer consolidated. 
I highlight that our hotel auction was about 100% of 2019 in the U.S. and Europe, which is pleasing. I also highlight that we are narrowing the gap with media and hotel B2B, two revenue streams that we have reported in the last quarter as slower to recover. We expect these revenue streams to progressively do better and ultimately intersect with their pre-pandemic trajectory, although our hotel B2B business may not get there this year. While we're pleased with our performance and the recovery trends, we believe that the mix of our offers within TA Core, uh, including uh, our waiting to hotels rather than alternative accommodations, and the slower recovery in B2B and media that I just mentioned, has been a relative headwind for uh, Core TripAdvisor. We are confident, however, that we have the levers to improve our performance going forward and believe that we have the assets within our portfolio to drive attractive and profitable growth for Core TripAdvisor. Notably, our core TripAdvisor segment exceeded pre-pandemic EBITDA margin levels in Q2, even with revenue still trailing 2019, a testament to the fixed cost reductions we affected during the pandemic. Our new Viator segment is showing remarkable growth, 60% growth versus 2019 in the quarter, 240% revenue growth year over year. And in Q3, we expect to improve our performance again. Despite a lot of growth investment, our adjusted EBITDA margin in this business slightly improved versus 2019 this quarter um, and improved strongly versus last year. Our new The Fork segment also exceeded uh, 2019 levels in Q2 and is set to improve again in Q3. Studies indicate that the European restaurant industry as a whole has not fully recovered yet, with fewer restaurant openings than in 2019 and staff shortages. This makes it all the more promising that The Fork with its ability to drive more volume for restaurateurs, is exceeding 2019 levels already. We have provided you with a series of documents, including a memo outlining the technicalities of our segment change and the historical presentation of segment numbers that will provide a lot of the specifics. Let me just highlight the why of this change here. First, the segments are a good reflection of how we are currently thinking about and managing our business. These three segment P&Ls, TripAdvisor Core, Viator, and The Fork, reflect the true standalone economics with market-based commercial agreements between them and overhead allocations. The segment reporting highlights that we manage Viator and The Fork for high growth and future rather than current margin. It's also a reflection that we see great opportunity in managing brand TripAdvisor more holistically around a central user experience rather than in verticals. Despite operating these segments as separate segments, we also derive significant benefit from the intersections. Viator and The Fork provide great and very strategic access to bookable supply for TripAdvisor Core, and TripAdvisor Core provides a significant volume of additional leads and demand to Viator and The Fork. It's also our belief that by presenting these three segments this way, we have made it possible for investors to truly do a sum-of-the-parts evaluation of TripAdvisor something that was not as straightforward to do with the old segments. We continue to look at other ways to highlight the value of these businesses in addition to segment reporting, as we have commented in previous quarters. And although currently not yet demonstrating their profit potential as we invest in growth, we believe longer term both Viator and The Fork can reach EBITDA margins of 25 to 30% given their strong gross margin profiles, potential for scale given their large TAMs, and attractive unit economics. With that, I'll hand it over to the operator for questions. As I remark to ask a question, you will need to press star 1-1 on your telephone. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. The first question comes from Navid Khan with Truce. Your line is now open. Great. Thank you. Uh, just a couple of questions uh, from me. Uh, on the uh, on Viator, maybe uh, uh, you can provide us some color on the on the repeat booking behavior that you're seeing with the, with the cohorts that you have acquired in the, in the past uh, uh, one to two years. Uh, and maybe uh, just on the on the branded ad campaign that you're you're planning in the back half, uh, how sizable is that going to be, and what are the markets or geographies that you're looking to target? Um, and then I had a follow up on the on the core core hotel. 
All right. Morning, Abed. Um, Viator, yes. Um, uh, very, uh, very pleasing uh, performance there, uh, indeed. Um, we've seen uh, tremendous growth in the business uh, uh, continuing, uh, and uh, and we were very, very pleased with that. Um, the uh, the growth in the, the 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 demand push we're making, the branded demand push, which is the second part of your question, um, is uh, uh, that we are uh, diversifying away from. Uh, from purely relying on uh, SEM online channels uh, towards um, uh, also doing some branded. It's not uh, very TV-based, although there might be a little bit of uh, TV-based um, questions, uh, uh, investment, uh, but there's going to be a lot of other online, uh, more branded-oriented uh, investment. Uh, I say uh, that within the context of the guidance that we've given. Uh, so we are reinvesting some of the overage uh, that we've seen in the business, uh, we've given some guidance for the third quarter of where we see profit come in, uh, and uh, those trends will be continuing into uh, into the fourth uh, into the fourth quarter. Uh, so uh, within that envelope, uh, you'll see those investments happening. On the repeat economics, um, uh, with Viator, we have been able to uh, measure quite precisely and quite consistently over its history uh, how our cohort uh, how our cohorts behave. And that behavior has been ticking up consistently um, every year, uh, and we feel great confidence in the, uh, uh, in the data that we're getting. What we're seeing is that increasingly we are able to uh, trigger, you know, within the first 30 days uh, repeat behavior, which is often just around the same trip, which is fantastic news, because that, that is really the power of, uh, of in-destination uh, offerings. So we have already sold something, and either before the trip or during the trip, uh, we sell a repeat uh, uh, transaction, but then in the first 12 months, uh, we uh, we are successful in in selling onward uh, uh, transactions as well. And then there is a uh, a lifetime value. There is uh, year two, year three, year four uh, repeats. Our investments that we're making in marketing um, are uh, investing beyond that first transaction for that reason. Uh, we have stretched that to. Uh, 12 months before, 18 months uh, uh, in the in the past periods, uh, so still attractive ROI uh, from a you know beyond 18 month perspective, uh, but loss making uh, immediately. But the uh, the unit economics support that very clearly. So what you see in the in 2021 and 2022 uh, that these marketing investments have a negative impact on uh, on on EBITDA in the year itself, but have a very important tailwind, and we've seen that tailwind really come through uh, this year in our, in our repeat revenue and in our free revenue uh, very, very clearly. Uh, we still uh, uh, attractively, across all channels, so if I take the pay channels and the free channels, if we look at new consumers coming in across all those channels, we are immediately profitable. So although our pay channels may not be profitable immediately, we have a lot of new customers that we acquire also through, uh, through our app, uh, through, uh, through our site directly, through SEO, uh, and so on, on a blended basis, we are actually profitable uh, uh, immediately with, uh, with new, new customers. So these are powerful economics. They're very attractive. Uh, we keep improving them, and the team has been successful in, in improving them. Um, and um, and uh, it's, it's a main focus for, for us, and some of these brand investments are going to help with that. Hey, no, but it's, it's Matt. I thought I might just add, add one thing. Um, as you know, the Viator team has done a fabulous job reinforcing their market position and driving growth coming out of the pandemic. Uh, and one of the things that I am really excited about is uh, the way that they've shifted uh, fixed cost into, into variable cost. Um, and I'm a big believer in the power and value of brands and, and have made many uh, brand investments in, in a number of my past roles. I get excited about brands that have a loyal and passionate following that can pioneer their industry and, and really stand the test of time. In fact, that's one of the reasons I was excited to join TripAdvisor. Uh, and, and I would just say that um, the, the Viator brand has a real opportunity uh, to drive market leadership and continue to scale. So um, being smart about how we make some of those investments and really thinking about the ROI of that investment is something that uh, I'm, I'm excited that they're doing. Great. And the uh, the follow up I had is, is on the on the core hotel side, uh, uh, and for you, Matt. So so 
you know, on things like uh, TripAdvisor Plus, which, uh, uh, you know, maybe like a year ago looked pretty exciting. And then obviously you guys have been trying to iterate and improve that offering. Any thoughts on where, how you see the potential for these kind of offerings and uh, just uh, what do you see uh, uh, that can be done better and maybe uh, – Give us, give us your take as you, as you kind of look at it with a fresh uh, set of eyes. Thanks, Navid. I, I appreciate that. And, and as I think many of you know, I'm a consumer first uh, executive. I, I really uh, want to make sure that everything we do puts the traveler and the experience seeker at the very center of everything we do. And in that context, a direct-to-consumer offering that offers clear traveler needs with tangible benefits that consumers value is a compelling opportunity, particularly when you have an audience of, of, of this size. And as I learn about all the various aspects of the business, uh, you know, I understand that this was launched as an experimental model and it's still being tested. And, you know, while the uh, discounts uh, in the offer are substantial and frequently cover the cost of the annual subscription, of course there have been some challenges to scale. And, and I recognize that the offering has not necessarily reach the milestones that might have been expected. But, of course, I, I come from a, a subscription background uh, in my time with Dow Jones and the Wall Street Journal. And so this is an area I plan to dive into. Um, and, and I don't want to get ahead of myself uh, on a timeline, uh, but what I will say it'll, is that it will be a priority area of focus as we dive into strategy. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Please stand by for our next question. The next question comes from Richard Clark with Bernstein. Your line is now open. Good morning, uh, Matt. Nice to nice to meet you. Welcome, welcome to the team. But, uh, uh, a couple of questions, if I may. Maybe I can just start with some slightly high-level thoughts of yours about, you know, I know you've only been there for a month. But do you, do you think TripAdvisor needs dramatic changes? Does it need a change in strategy? Does it need new verticals to, to, to sell to its, uh, uh, its many customers? Or, or is this about execution? Do you, do you believe the strategy is the right one? Uh, 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 but it just needs to be executed on. Um, and then maybe secondly, you know, after a month in the business, what is your thought of the potential of TripAdvisor? Should we be, would you be looking at this as this, as a business that's going to be a, a high growth business going forward? Um, I guess it wasn't in a couple of years pre-COVID, but can it be longer term? Um, or would you see this more as a business that can be more kind of cash generative? What, what do you think the focus uh, of, of, of the performance is going to be? And I've got a small follow-up, if I may, after that as well. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate the question, and it, obviously it's one that I, I've given a lot of thought to. You know, when I think about um, entering the company, the first thing is I, I feel really fortunate because I'm joining a company that has built a really strong foundation. And it really offers uh, many diverse assets uh, to think about growth paths. And of course, uh, there are opportunities, as there are in every company, to think transformatively. And in some ways, uh, the segment reporting that Ernst shared with you today is where I'm going to focus my time and energy, because we have strong P&L leadership uh, set up, Viator and the Fork, both growing, strengthening their market position. And the, and the TripAdvisor core business, uh, we've seen the auction uh, come back strong. Uh, media uh, is, is doing well. We have some opportunities in B2B. And, and what I think about over the coming months is really sharpening the strategy and aligning everyone in the company around it, putting an operating model in place, making choices about where we'll prioritize. I do think execution is fundamental. Uh, uh, we have a chance to execute more effectively than we have in the past. Um, and and uh, we've, we've, we've looked at uh, uh, where we can make some adjustments. We have high-performing teams. We've got a great culture. And I think getting the right cadence and processes that get us collaborating cross-functionally and empowering teams to focus on where they have uh, uh, market uh, insight and knowledge in their respective products and market will, will do a great job. You know, uh, I know that everybody would like to see me set a strategy today. It's a little early to do that, but I think I can share a couple of areas of, of near-term focus. I, I mentioned putting the consumer at the center of all of our decisions, and I think as we do that, 
we will reinforce the role that we play in the ecosystem and really clearly define the problems that we're in a position to uniquely solve. I think we can reimagine how we guide uh, travelers you know, before they go on a trip, when they're ready to make it happen, and when they're in destination. I, if we get this right, uh, I'm confident we'll drive more direct traffic, app downloads, and we'll see higher levels of engagement and monetization. I'm excited that we have a good number of diverse assets in the portfolio, and the question there is, how do we uh, think about how they fit together to deliver the most value? And, you know, we, we can uh, get all the areas of the business serving the consumer in a seamless manner, and I think that will be uh, noticeable and valuable. Uh, I'm excited about data, uh, as I mentioned in my opening remarks. Uh, we have a data asset that can be an enabling platform for all areas of the enterprise, and really a strategic lever uh, to drive uh, uh, insight, engagement. Uh, there are market opportunities um, that we can be thinking about. It'll, it'll serve our existing business lines and has the potential to drive new ones. And I think it's also a currency where we can work even more effectively with partners uh, in the ecosystem to drive uh, unique solutions and value that uh, we can be differentiated uh, because it's, it's uh, uh, an asset that we have uniquely. Um, we, we, we talked already about direct-to-consumer, clearly a compelling opportunity. And, you know, when I look at it all together, um, it really comes down to a, a chance to, to reimagine our position, reinforce it, and do it from a position of strength. Thanks very much, Matt. Maybe something a little bit more prosaic, but just on margin progression, maybe maybe this is one for you, Ernst, but it looks like your guidance is that margins will step back a little bit Q2 into Q3 and then step up again into Q4. That's not the normal progression of margins that I would normally expect at TripAdvisor. They tend to come down in Q4. So just wonder whether you can sort of help with with why they go down and then back up again. What are the sort of drivers of that, of that margin shift quarter to quarter? So from Q3 to Q4, we uh, we said in our uh, in our shareholder letter that you should expect uh, the seasonal step down that is typical for our, our Q4. So you're absolutely right. Typically, Q4 is a smaller quarter for us, and you would typically see uh, a step down in, in EBITDA margin as a result uh, because because uh, of fixed uh, of fixed cost. So that is the the commentary there, uh, and you'll see that. Um, uh, the way we've guided for uh, the third quarter is, is reasonably close to it. We had a uh, to, to Q2. We had uh, uh, an unusual benefit in Q2, which we called out. We uh, in France, we got paid by the French government uh, uh, for a subsidy for uh, for the pandemic period of 11 million dollars. Uh, that was an unusual and one-off benefit that we uh, occurred in Q2. So if you normalize for that, you'll see that the margin uh, development between Q2 and Q3, the way we guide it, is actually quite uh, quite consistent. Okay. Okay. That's very helpful. Thanks so much. Please stand by for the next question. Our next question comes from Lloyd Walmsley with UBS. Your line is now open. Uh, thanks. Uh, two, one for Matt and one for Ernst. Uh, so, Matt, you know, uh, thanks for sharing some of some of your views already on what brought you to TripAdvisor and kind of what you what you like about the asset. Um, no, it's still early to ask you to kind of lay out your plan, but maybe instead you could just share maybe some anecdotes about things you've done in the past. You've had kind of a broad range of uh, experiences in kind of media and tech. So, like, are there things from your past, um, analogs from your career that may serve as a playbook for what you might apply here uh, at TripAdvisor? You know, anything you could you could share that would give us kind of a sense of you know, you're you're taking over here, um, you, even though obviously it's a little early to ask you to kind of lay out the, the future um, would be helpful. And then and then Ernst, uh, can you give us just like a, a a broad sense of kind of health in 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 the meta search auctions? Clearly, the the numbers were strong this quarter. The the cadence looked better than uh, more consistent than what we're hearing from other travel channels. 
but uh, there are you know big players talking about leaning away from performance marketing. I'm curious just like to get your views on yeah just broadly the health of the auction and um, and what you're seeing there. Thanks. Lloyd, thanks for the question, um, and I'm sure uh, uh, you, you all have had a chance to see what I've spent time doing uh, in my career and, you know, having had a chance to be uh, early in my career in the travel industry, uh, really going deep on digital media and, and the transformation of a number of, of different uh, uh, iconic assets, commerce, data. You know, I've been active uh, thinking about how to take a consumer perspective to drive product-led innovation. Of course, I've worked in sales, marketing, business development, M&A uh, operations. If I were to go to a couple of anecdotes, um, I think uh, I'll start most recently with my time at the trade desk, which was just a great experience to operate uh, with a platform at scale across a number of categories in a data-driven advertising environment. It really gave me a much deeper perspective and a pre-categories in a data-driven advertising environment. It really gave me a much deeper perspective and appreciation on the power of data. And importantly, really starting with an ROI focus uh, for partners and advertisers to show real value to their business. Uh, this can be helpful in our uh, media and B2B businesses, our auction, really thinking about a solution orientation, because if you, if you start with client objectives and deliver solutions that meet their needs, you can build a business of scale. And, and of course, at, at, at the Trade Desk, uh, really uh, working across all the most uh, contemporary platforms where consumers are engaging, which helps connect it all back to the consumer and that traveler and experience seeker and putting their needs at the heart of everything we do. You know, it would be remiss for me not to share uh, uh, some thoughts about uh, uh, back at Lonely Planet, um, you know, because it was one of the best experiences uh, in my career uh, that I, I've had the pleasure uh, of doing. Um, yeah, I was a relatively young global CEO in the travel sector uh, at a time of incredible uh, change also coming out of the 2008 period, um, which was very dynamic. It was another iconic company looking for an inflection point from a publisher to a diversified travel information provider and paid content, digital media, marketplaces, and I, I was really proud uh, of that team as well, uh, achieving growth and transformation through, you know, a, a dynamic environment, and we really leaned into digital and understanding our audience, uh, global and cross-border, uh, and some, some interesting product-led innovation, just as the iPhone was emerging and the iPad, where we were you know, in rooms that were blacked out and secure so that we could develop the very first travel apps that would leverage all of the newest technology uh, uh, in those devices. And, and that adaptation to a rapidly uh, changing landscape and the, the learnings that I took from it about the needs of the travel consumer and where companies could go to serve them most effectively, I certainly will bring with me uh, in this experience to come. Ernst. Yeah, Lloyd, on your question about the auction, the auction has uh, been healthy. We've experienced uh, healthy dynamics, um, uh, good uh, bidding le levels and participations from OTAs, hotels. Uh, our CPCs have been strong. Uh, I commented earlier then that in, uh, uh, in, in the quarter uh, for U.S. and Europe, we were actually uh, quite close to 2019 revenue, uh, exceeding it at, at different parts. Um, we saw uh, in the auction uh, in uh, the first half of July, uh, we saw a bit of weakness, a bit of a step, a step back, and you may have heard others comment on that as well, uh, with everything that was going on in travel, multiple factors probably. But we've seen that sort of go back up again uh, at the second half of July, and the early days of August uh, are off to a very good start. And so uh, uh, everything is back to sort of normal, and, and, and we expect a continued, continued improvement in that. Uh, APAC is uh, is still underperforming. I talked about U.S. and Europe, which uh, in 2019 was, uh, say, three quarters of uh, of our revenue. So it's an important chunk of it that is that is back on, but also an important uh, chunk of uh, of geographic revenue that is not still performing well. And we're uh, we're looking forward to uh, 
to the recovery to happen in, in, in those areas, maybe not uh, in the back half of this year, but hopefully into, into next year. So st strong performance overall. Um, and if I broaden my comments about July out to the, to the rest of the business, uh, in the rest of the business, we, uh, we, we saw no such uh, first half weakness in July. We have seen quite consistent, strong performance. And uh, overall for us, as a percentage of 2019, uh, July was a little bit better than, uh, than, than June. So uh, we look at the health of the auction, we look at the, the rest of our business, and, uh, and, uh, and we see strong trends and, and are very, uh, with anticipation, looking, looking forward to the rest of the year. If I can act, actually ask a follow-up, Ernst, that's, that's great, helpful color, and I appreciate, uh, appreciate that perspective, Matt. Uh, just digging into to the hotel auctions, you know, I know you're not disclosing like hotel shoppers anymore, but can you kind of help us think through how much of the recovery has happened on the kind of hotel shopper side and the monetization side to, to kind of get back to where you are? Yeah, we've seen uh, uh, more progress on the uh, on the monetization side, CPCs, revenue per shopper, um, than on the the volume uh, side. So. Volume uh, is still under 2019, and, and price realization is strong. Obviously, driven by strong ADRs uh, in the in the hotel business, uh, but also driven by uh, obviously uh, a healthy uh, auction environment. So, uh, uh, strong price uh, volume still not uh, compl completely back. And, and I, I would just add okay. uh, a broad perspective on, on the auction. Um, uh, you know, we, we were, of course, pleased to see uh, the strong comeback following the pandemic. And, you know, for me, this is a sign of continued relevance for the product and that, uh, you know, the, the auction really has a place uh, in the ecosystem. Um, it, 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 we can think differently about, you know, data, and of course, we always work with partners uh, to help them achieve their objectives. And I think as we get that solution orient orientation, you know, we'll be able to leverage uh, uh, that product to, to be really helpful and, and continue to reinforce its place in the ecosystem. All right. Thanks, guys. Nice quarter. Thank you. Please stand by for the next question. The next question comes from Mario Liu with Barclays. Your line is now open. Great. Thanks for taking the questions, and uh, welcome back. Um, the first question is on uh, core uh, segment margins. Uh, you mentioned, you know, it exceeded pre-pandemic levels for the first time. Uh, so can you help us break down uh, the 200 bits of improvement since 2019? Uh, is it mostly from the fixed cost side or – you know, anything you're seeing in terms of marketing efficiency here? Yes, um, it is uh, from fixed cost uh, is, is where all the improvement is. And this is the fixed cost uh, cost reduction that we have executed, that we executed uh, during the pandemic. Uh, our variable cost uh, is uh, still elevated from 2019. Uh, and this is uh, because some of our uh, very profitable um, B2B and media businesses are not quite uh, back to those levels yet, so that provides some some deleverage. And in the auction, uh, we have seen a closing of the gap between free and, and, and paid revenue in the pandemic and in, in the first half of the year. We've seen uh, a higher skew to paid more, uh, uh, revenue, but that gap is 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 closing in. And so those two um, so those two uh, combined uh, show some deleverage on the variable side. Uh, but some strong leverage on the fixed uh, side, which results in this in this outperformance, even with um, revenue levels uh, lower than, than 2019 in the, in the second quarter. So better margin at, at, at lower at lower revenue uh, levels still. So that bodes really well for, as we uh, continue the recovery on the revenue side. Great, thank you. And then and the one on the fire cover. Um, so you mentioned previously uh, that the operational take rate was in the 20 percentage range. Um, in the second quarter, uh, the reported take rate was around 17%. Uh, so is that just a function of timing with most of the experiences expected to be realized in the third quarter? Um, and, in, and if so, has the operational take rate uh, changed at all versus uh, 2019? Thanks. 
Our take rate is in the mid-20s, uh, and uh, we have actually been uh, executing on a number of strategies that allowed us to, uh, to increase that uh, over time uh, uh, by, by providing uh, suppliers with uh, ways of, of marketing themselves more effectively uh, on, on TripAdvisor at, at, higher, at higher take rates. So that's been a, a very positive trend. Uh, an improving trend. Uh, we have some great programs in, in place at the moment that help both suppliers and, and help our, our take rate. Accelerate is the name of the program. Uh, so it's been going really well. If you compare, um, uh, we, we're sharing uh, gross booking value um, trends and we uh, share uh, revenue trends. There's a couple of uh, in-betweens as you were alluding to. First of all, revenue gets recognized on the moment of, of consumption of the, uh, of the experience uh, and GBV gets is is a measure of when the booking takes takes place. So there's a timing difference there, uh, and especially as you ramp into the year, uh, bookings lead uh, lead revenue recognition, of course. So that's one difference. Uh, and the other, um, uh, and then there's take rate in there is a difference. And then there is uh, cancellations. Uh, and so cancellations uh, are uh, in line with what we've seen uh, last year. They're still a little bit elevated from uh, 2019. Uh, but cancellations is another uh, factor as you as you compare between gross booking value and uh, and and that revenue because the, the gross booking value that we present is is pre cancellations is uh, it's gross of cancellation. Great, thank you. Please stand by for the next question. The next question comes from James Lee with Mizuo. Your line is now open. Great. Thanks for taking my questions, Matt. Congratulations uh, on your first quarter as the CEO. And given your experience in digital marketing, um, maybe can you give us an early view on the hotel meta search business? Right? Obviously, investors are concerned that OTAs are getting more direct traffic and Google is encroaching in this space. Now, given that one of the trips advisor's strength is, you know, reviews from consumers, is that a potential angle to unlock revenue opportunities or maybe moving up to mid to upper funnel marketing uh, makes more sense? You know, uh, we'll love your uh, color on that. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for that question, James. Um, I, I think you identify that there's a number of different ways that we can play in this ecosystem. And, you know, of course, uh, I, I recognize um, that uh, we're, we're in a competitive space and there are really strong players at the top of the funnel uh, and that there are players totally optimized at the bottom of the funnel. And I think if we re, uh, really lean into where we are strong in providing that context, in bringing that audience uh, that uh, may or may not be looking to, to book right away and thinking about before they travel and really driving further engagement. I think there's a number of ways that we can do that. And, and understanding the signals that they bring and their needs, we can use all of that to do a great job uh, uh, engaging on the site uh, and then understand that point at which they're ready to make it happen or they're actually in destination. Uh, and be thoughtful about what's the right uh, offer uh, and experience at that moment. We have a lot of assets to leverage to do that. Uh, now, you know, I've spent um, my career uh, competing, cooperating, uh, differentiating from some of the big uh, uh, technology platforms. And, of, so, of course, we can do the same uh, at TripAdvisor. The key is going to be to focus on how we're differentiated and, and again, as we reimagine uh, the way that we uh, are the definitive guide for consumers as they make those choices, I think that will help a lot. Uh, so we can play uh, up and up and down the funnel. Um, I think you mentioned the OTAs, and, and I think um, you, you know uh, obviously uh, they are a, an important part of the ecosystem. They have what they do best. I think um, you know everybody wants to see direct traffic and. And of course, um, we will focus on the benefit that we can deliver to them as part of their funnel consideration. Uh, and again, I mentioned that um, we have assets uh, that I think we can take even better advantage of, like, like da data and, and the way we think about a full range of solutions. 
And it's that power of context uh, that I think um, uh, can really be helpful. So I'm excited when, when I think about having spent a couple of decades in, in digital media. You know, I, I feel uh, as though the assets and the diversity um, uh, and, and what we represent as a brand is a very, very strong place to start. If I can ask a follow-up question, this is more separately related to consumer behavior, right? And clearly investors are concerned about macro uncertainty. Are you guys seeing any changes in consumer behavior, maybe trading down to a lower price hotels, maybe shorter stays? And just curious what you what you think there. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kick it off, and if, if Ernst wants to add any detail, he can do that. You know, I've only been in the role for about a month, um, but from everything I see, uh, consumers are actively returning to travel and experiences. So while we're always looking for signs of slowdown, you know, we don't see anything today that causes any near-term concern. Um, and, and, of course, you know, we've put the business in a good position post-pandemic and, and rebalanced more towards, uh, towards variable costs. The team did a great job there. Um, I, I, I will say, it's, you know, we can't predict uh, what's to come. But uh, having operated in a variety of contexts through a number of cycles, uh, I'm confident um, that as we watch uh, the macro, uh, we will see if there are early signs and be able to adjust. Ernst, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I'll, I'll just echo that. Is, is Obviously, we're focused on that. We're looking at, at the data and, and seeing, are we seeing some, some any signs of uh, a potential weakening of, of the consumer uh, in travel? And we're not seeing it. it the, the demand is very strong. Uh, if you go look at forward behavior, like searches that are being done in a forward level, uh, uh, bookings that get done forward, they're all strong versus 2019, and so we're not seeing signs. Of course, uh, as Matt says, uh, you know, we also cannot predict the, the impact on, of the economy on travel going forward, but as we look at now and the summer and into the rest of the year, uh, we see the traveler uh, wanting to return to travel, uh, and, and we, we talked about pent-up demand. A lot, a lot of people are talking about pent-up demand, and we're just seeing it. We're seeing very enthusiastic uh, travel behavior uh, from uh, from our audience, and uh, uh, and, and uh, see no signs that of, of slowdown uh, in our in our business to date. Great, thanks so much. Please stand by for the next question. The next question comes from Deepak Montavanan with Wolf Research. Your line is now open. Great. Thanks for taking the questions. Uh, so first, Matt, I know it's still early for you, but how do you think about the org structure, you know, currently at TRIP? TRIP has done uh, a few iterations in the past, but where do you see sort of like the talent gaps that need to be addressed at the high level? And then Ernst, wanted to ask you, you have about a billion dollars in cash. Any thoughts on uh, kind of path for shareholder capital returns or how do you think about it? Thank you. Thanks, Deepak. I appreciate the question. Um, and as I noted earlier, I, I think there is a strong team in place. Um, and, of course, we're always going to seek to be a vibrant home for world-class talent and highly effective teams. And, you know, as in any organization, there are always opportunities to stretch a little more uh, regardless of the function. Um, I, I think that we will be building on the capabilities we already have here, and eventually, you know, we'll look at where we think we might have gaps. I think that has more to do with the next stage of opportunities we'll approach uh, through our strategy work and less to do with me in particular uh, joining the company. Uh, the, the team is really great. Uh, there's a lot of talent. I'm excited to join this team and be a part of it. Um, as we think about organization, I mentioned uh, opportunities for execution. I am excited to think about the way that our strategy and operating model will link. But, of course, any organization is always a, a, a function of what you choose to do, how you prioritize, and setting your teams up for success. And that's the order in which uh, we'll do it. And Deepak, to your question of, uh, of cash, we have uh, indeed uh, in considerable, considerable cash balance, um, and uh, we are evaluating uh, all the different ways of, of how we can go about uh, that cash, either uh, keep it in reserve for a while, uh, earmark it for acquisitions. Uh, we have uh, obviously attractive uh, businesses that might be complemented with acquisitions. Uh, and then uh, we have options around uh, 
delevering um, um, or, or equity repurchases. And so we continuously evaluate that uh, with Matt coming on board. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll look at that uh, together in the, in the months and, and quarters uh, to come along with our board, of course. Yeah, I, I, I would just say, um, and, and I didn't mention it up front, uh, as I was evaluating uh, uh, things, I really liked what I saw from a financial perspective, that strong balance sheet, uh, you know, an enduring and cash generative core business, two strong growing segments. Um, and, and I think we have a good array of assets uh, to deliver growth, and, and they'll benefit from, you know, sharper focus, better alignment, um, you know, but I, I'm excited about organic opportunities. There, of course, are uh, uh, other uh, opportunities to consider. I think the main thing is that, you know, we'll seek always to be great stewards of capital. Think about what is the best mix to get uh, the best return on, on capital. Uh, so, uh, um, it, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll certainly be talking about that over time uh, with you all. Great. Thank you so much. Please stand by for the next question. The next question comes from Ron Josie with City. Your line is now open. Great. Thanks for taking the question. I'll echo everyone else, Matt. Welcome. I wanted to ask you, Matt, a little bit more about the data aspect of TripAdvisor. You just mentioned a few times the size and value of Trip's data and, and unlocking that asset even more so than today. So just talk to us a little bit more about, I know it's been one month, but just how you might envision using this data to call it, create a better or in, in a more engaging consumer experience um, and drive better partner ROI. And then and maybe, Ernst, a question about Viator and revenue retention and, and new users. You talked just about consistent revenue retention rates and investments in acquiring new users. So maybe talk to us about these investments on, on the consumer side and building up the brand. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for the question, Ron. Um, and so, of course, it's, it's, it's still early, but what I can say is, you know, having spent uh, a good number of years uh, thinking about the way that data is transforming really every industry and all the companies that I've been a part of, um, I, I do have conviction um, that we can leverage our data asset uh, uh, in, in ways that we haven't before uh, to enable uh, the business. And you know, I, I think it's going to deliver agility, more insight. Um, it, it'll be really useful uh, as we think about the way that we bring our strategy together to get all the pieces really reinforcing. Uh, data is one of those currencies that can play across the entire organization and, and, and really help understand that consumer in a more granular way, uh, uh, of course, with all uh, privacy uh, considered, uh, and, and think about what's the next best opportunity to serve that uh, consumer need. Um, and so I, I think it does open up a number of different opportunities. Um, uh, it would be early for me to project, but, um, you, you know, uh, I, absolutely data and the way that it plays in media ecosystems, in the way that uh, we can serve, uh, uh, you know, our partners and think about value exchange in different ways. Um, you, you know, the, the opportunity uh, to, to think about um, uh, yield on the platform. Uh, uh, data is something that can be aggregated and anonymized and, and really get trend signal. And, and there's a, a, a lot of different things we could be doing with that. Um, uh, of course, there are ways to think about the data ecosystem and, and the way that one might target uh, uh, segments at scale. So I, I think there are a lot of uh, hypotheses that we could develop and we'll be very thoughtful uh, about um, uh, uh, testing and learning and then, you know, sharing at that moment of, of conviction. But I think as a starting point, um, I'm excited about that platform, uh, and we've already uh, been rolling up our sleeves and, get, and getting to it. Um, and on the, Ron, on the, uh, the Viator um, uh, repeat rates and investments we're making there, um, very important focal point for the team. Uh, there has been strides and more we can do around, well, what experiences do we present to people coming to our site at what moment? Uh, what do we show people next when they have already booked uh, an experience? Uh, when, uh, what else they could do and how do we present that? Uh, investment in the app has been a major focus for us over the last 12 months. Uh, our app usage uh, and number of bookings through the app 
has grown uh, very impressively uh, over the last 12 months. And that's important because, uh, uh, not surprisingly, uh, bookings from the app have higher repeat rates, higher LTVs uh, than coming in in other ways. And so we've been pleased with that with that progress. Also allows us to have more effective communication with in market uh, with um, uh, with folks, which uh, improves the repeat rate. Uh, we've been focusing focusing on uh, localization of content. Um, we have historically skewed to uh, the English-speaking uh, point of sale, not so much to destination. Uh, actually, Europe as a destination is larger uh, historically for us than the U.S. as a destination, uh, but skewed to U.S.-speaking audiences that book. Uh, and we see a huge opportunity to broaden that to, to European audiences and later, later on in the cycle, uh, Asian audiences as well. And so we, we're investing in that. Um, uh, and then there are other channels that we can uh, explore that uh, are more conducive to, to experiences, to, uh, to repeat rates. Uh, app downloads is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, an attractive investment area that we've been looking at. Uh, and so there's, there are a lot of activities going on, and all with that very important KPI of how can, I, uh, how can we improve repeat behavior of our customers, because that's ultimately uh, the, the, the going to be the driver of the LTV per customer, which uh, allows us to uh, invest more, but more and, and importantly, uh, show very attractive margins over time. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Please stand by for the next question. The next question comes from John Colantwani with Jeffries. Your line is now open. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my questions. Uh, I wanted to start uh, by asking about strength in the U.S. dollar versus the euro and the pound. Uh, you know, based on your data that you're collecting on cross-border travel behavior, uh, I'm curious whether you saw this U.S. dollar strength help catapult more customer engagement to TripAdvisor as U.S. travelers took advantage of their currency uh, going a little bit further across some of the key destination markets across Europe, given that's an important driver of traffic for TripAdvisor. And uh, I've got a follow-up. Yeah, it's difficult to say that definitively, but it uh, it does make common sense, and it, it has in in the past we have seen that as an important driver. Uh, it, it is there's a multiple factors going on, including uh, the 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 price of flights, etc. So it, it, you have to look at the total uh, the total trip uh, for uh, for a traveler from the USA to to Europe. Uh, but we have seen in the past that, uh, of course, if the euro is is cheap, uh, then um, then it is more attractive to uh, to travel overseas and travel to to Europe. So nothing really uh, I can give you as a, a strong data point uh, at this point. Um, but uh, we have seen the growth of uh, intercontinental travel come back progressively over the, over, uh, during the quarter. Uh, we have seen the U.S. US travelers uh, booking hotels in, uh, in Europe come back. We've seen very strong uh, growth in uh, U.S. Uh, travelers buying experiences in Europe, uh, which is, uh, is a strong indication of, uh, of more people traveling to Europe. So how much of that is pent-up demand and borders opening, um, versus uh, versus the, the euro impacting is a little bit difficult to, to draw a straight line to. But, yes, we have seen very, very robust uh, U.S. To, to Europe travel behavior. Great. And uh, Viator has obviously it's been delivering very impressive revenue growth. But when you, when you look at customer trends, you know, sort of what portion in recent periods would you say are new to Viator versus repeat customers? And how does uh, this customer composition between new and repeat compare to pre-COVID? And, you know, how does that kind of help inform your outlook for customer lifetime value and the ROI on your um, ramping marketing spend in that business? Thanks. So new customer growth has been very important for us, and you've seen us uh, lean in on marketing in 2021 and in 2022. Uh, and so uh, uh, fortunately, that means uh, we're getting a lot of new customers uh, in the door. Uh, but also, fortunately, uh, we see the expected growth in a repeat customer uh, uh, behavior, uh, repeat customer revenue as well. 
uh, and we see that as we uh, as we anticipate it uh, come. So you see both lines up going uh, both lines going up up into the right, uh, new customer revenue as well as repeat revenue, uh, which is uh, which is of, of course very pleasing, and uh, new revenue is an indication of uh, of uh, repeat revenue in the in the following year. So that's been strong. The other thing I would call out is uh, that pre-pandemic, uh, our profile was predominantly um, Americans and Brits traveling to Europe. That was that was the, the big source of, of our revenue. Uh, so, uh, um, Europe as a destination was was the big revenue source. Of course, the pandemic shifted a lot of demand to uh, North America domestic uh, people going to. And so what we've seen um, now in this year is that the North America to North America uh, uh, volume and growth has been uh, like it was last year. So the, our customers continue to do that. Plus now the uh, U.S. and U.K. to Europe revenue um, has come back in full force. Um, so we're adding that. Plus Europe to Europe uh, revenue has come back. So we're getting the the double benefit of uh, of uh, now two big markets where we only had one before. We had you know, U.S. To, to Europe before, and now we have U.S. to Europe as well as North America to North America uh, uh, as very, very strong markets. So that's an important driver as well. Uh, we've not only created a lot of new users, we've also created a new use case for our users, which is Vitor is great to use when you say in the U.S. as well. Thank you. With that, the call will come to a conclusion. I would now like to turn the conference back to Matt Goldberg for closing remarks. Thank you all for joining us uh, this summertime Friday morning. We have a lot of opportunities ahead of us and a lot of exciting work to do. I'm looking forward to this next phase and keeping an open and transparent. Thank you for participating. With all of you. Have a great weekend, everyone. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.